Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. Do you guys realize there are people that we can't help? I'm going to explain who they are real quick. Someone that knows who Jesus is, knows what Jesus has done, is aware of all of these things from the Word and says in light of all that, I understand all that, but still I'm going to go do my own thing. You can't help them. I'm going to pray for them. What do you pray? Do I pray that God take away your free will? I can't pray that. God's given you free will. Do I pray that God make you aware of his truth? You've been made aware of the truth. You rejected the truth. Are you trying to help someone who can't be helped? They know the truth of God, but they still refuse God. Frustrating, isn't it? Today, Pastor Bill advises us to turn them over to Satan and allow God to break them. It's not our responsibility to save them. Our job is only to demonstrate Jesus to them and let the Holy Spirit break them. It is freeing to realize that they will stand before God's judgment seat by themselves. Let's realize that no matter how much we love them, they must answer to God for themselves. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. When you don't know what to do, when you're not sure, um, you want to get wisdom, seek God. Get it from the Word of God. It's it's never been wrong. Um, There's never going to be a time when you seek Him for how He says to do it, and you do it the way God says to do it, and you find out that wasn't the right way to do it. He's always right about everything. He's the only one that that, that can be said about. And we have access to Him 24-7. We need to take advantage of that. That's why we pray. That's why we seek the Lord. That's why before we make decisions, we want to cry out to him and seek him because he alone is wise. He knows everything. How foolish would it be to have access 24-7 to an all-knowing God and not bother to ask him before we do stuff? That's not wise. That's, 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 uh, that's just that's just no wisdom in that, right? I have access to him. If you had a human being that you knew knew everything, you would call him every time about everything. But it takes faith to call God and it takes patience to wait for an answer. And that's why we don't. That's why we run without him sometimes. But it takes faith and patience. Uh, but sometimes you take a little faith and a little patience to hear God and wait on him, believe what he says and wait on him. It'll save you a lot of time, save you a lot of heartache. And so um, we have access to the all wise God who alone is wise. And it says be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. And so those things belong to him. Honor belongs to the Lord. Glory belongs to the Lord. And that's what we seek to do. Uh, Give him all the honor, all the glory and everything that we do um, because he deserves it. He's worthy of it. And he alone. uh, There's no man that should be honored and glorified. Jesus should be every time we gather in this way. Jesus is the one to receive honor and glory. Not a man, not a person, not a group, not a God. He alone. And um, I believe that when when that's our focus, it's healthy for us that we would worship him, that we would glorify him. Uh, Everybody else is potentially let you down. Uh, you glorify a man, man let you down. And then what? You bummed out. You're kicking cans. But you glorify Jesus, he'll never let you down. He'll never fall. He'll never fail. He'll never fall short. He'll never make a mistake. He'll never make a wrong judgment. He'll always be what he's always been. All-knowing, powerful God. And so that's why we point to him and we direct people to him to seek him. Verse 18 now. Now Paul changes the tone here. He's speaking to Timothy. He's going to charge him or command him. 
This charge I commit to you, son, Timothy. And we talked about that last week, how that he viewed Timothy as a son, not biologically, but as a son in the faith, as someone that he was ministering to. We looked at another place where Paul said, there's no one else like minded like Timothy. No one else has my heart. If I'm going to send someone to you that I know will communicate my heart to you guys, I'm going to send Timothy. No one else has like minded. And so he says, this charge I commit to you, son, Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. Interesting that the first charge Paul gives Timothy as he's been speaking about the gospel, speaking about what God's done in his life and all these things, Paul says, now I I charge you this according to the prophecies and the prophecies over Timothy will, as we continue to go through this book, we'll see are concerning God's call upon his life. That they had laid, the elders had laid hands on him at some point and, and had spoken over him. There was a call of God upon his life. We'll see also that Timothy is a timid guy that is not a he's not bold. Paul sounds like a guy that was like, dude, he just about it. He bold and courageous. He was bold without God. He was bold in God. Timothy's more timid. And so he's going to be continue, you know, continually exhorted and encouraged to to be bold. And so here Paul says right out the gate, Timothy, as you get going, if you're going to stand for the gospel, if you're going to you're going to walk this walk out the way I'm calling you to walk. And he says, I want you to wage the good warfare because there's going to be a war. There's going to be a battle. Um, Anybody here that's doing ministry or seeking to glorify God, living for him, um, there is a war. And what the war does to some is some some are beat down by the war. Some people engage in the battle and they just quit. That can't do it. It's too much. Paul tells Timothy, I want you to wage the good warfare. And I want to explain what that looks like. Um, Warfare is for a purpose, right? When you get going forward to do something for God, and I've endured this uh, in many different times. I'm de- I've dealt with some things just last week, and so it's, for me, it's fresh. There are times where God will say, I want you to do this, and you start going to do this, what God said do, and Satan's like, how can I stop you from doing that warfare? I'm going to throw some stuff at you. I'm going to throw some things to discourage you from doing it, and you get out there and that, ooh, discouraging thing, and either you be discouraged or not. Either it's successful at discouraging you or not, but that's what Satan's trying to do, to get you to not do it. How can I get you to not do that? Maybe you overcome the initial discouragement or whatever, and so you keep moving forward to do what God had told you to do, and then the warfare comes from another kind of attack. One thing that Satan has on us, you guys, the Bible says that he has studied us, and so we're all different, right? Say he knows how to, how to, really, how to really ruin your day. Um, if you got buttons, Satan, he's been watching you for a long time. He knows where they're at. Say no, oh, all you need is the sniffles and you'll fall back. <laughs> Sickness. There you go. Achoo! I can't go. I'm sick. <laughs> you know, um, for some of us, yeah, I'm going to stir up some mess in your kids. Sometimes there'll be people that are saved whose kids are not saved. I'm going to stir up some things in your kids. It's going to break your heart, distract you, disappoint you. And you're going to just feel like oh, I don't have energy to do nothing. Sometimes, and I've experienced this, my wife and I both, that Satan will literally put into the mouth of somebody. Things to come and just just bring direct discouragement from what you're doing. And you have to look at it and say, that was from the devil. God will bring people to speak his word, too. And God will bring people to bring an encouraging word and a word from the Lord and scripture and everything else. But Satan, at really pivotal times, I've watched this and my wife and I, we've been trying to trust God and walk forward. There have been at two different distinct times, people who are not walking. In both cases, the people, the persons were under the influence of something and they came, one came to my wife, one came to me. And basically 
everything that God said do, they were like, don't do that. How you even know? How you know what we're doing? And one of them, it was through someone else that told him and called my wife, you know, drunk and just said all these different things. And it was like, wow. And my wife was like, I know that was the devil. We just need to pray. But I mean, just the enemy will come. And just however he, you, he knows how to work us. There was a point in my life, you guys know I got a daughter from before I was saved. And it would seem like every time there was something that needed 100% focus spiritually, there'd be something that would come up with her, like right on the spot. And I wasn't recognizing it as warfare. And there was a day where I had been invited to speak at an outreach. And it was in El Segundo. It was some other church was doing an outdoor event at some park there. And there was a group going to be playing. And I was there. I had went in the back to pray with the group. And I was looking over my notes and preparing to share the gospel. And I'm nervous. And I'm feeling all all of these you feel before you go do something like that. I'm there and I'm praying. And then my phone goes. It's my daughter. I'm like, oh, my daughter. I take the phone. I shouldn't have taken the call. There was all this mess was going on. And somebody had stole this. And then it was like she got done. And they put her mom on the phone. And they were like, you need to come here right now. And I'm like, I can't come anywhere right now. I'm about to preach the gospel right now. And I'm like, I'll get done with this. And I'm feeling like just dumped. So I called my wife. That's my teammate. And she just said, you know, that was the devil. Um, she just started praying. And just give my all, get all that out, refocus. It'll, that'll all be there afterwards. And then just come back to this. This is the focus is here right now. You're not leaving here to go attend to that. That nobody's dying, nobody's bleeding. That'll be fine. It'll be there when you get done. Um, but I, I had to realize that moment. I didn't until someone else said it as an enemy because you care so much about her and that that is just jacking you up. You got to watch that. And so we need to be aware of those things. What's Satan using your life? What's he discourage you with? What's he come at? What does he come at you with at, at moments where, you know, God is, is really moving you forward in a way? What's, how does he attack you? And I believe this with every ounce of my being. When we realize where the attack, like this is how Satan attacks me then we want to set our hearts on overcoming. Paul said, Timothy, wage the good warfare. He's saying win. He's saying don't back down. You don't, the way you wage the good warfare is you fight till you win. That's how you wage good warfare. Good warfare, you don't back down. You don't bow out. You don't walk away. You don't, you, you, you go until you win. That's how you wage the good warfare. And so if you realize that, man, the way Satan attacks me is through discouragement, I'm going to find a way to encourage myself. I'm going to, like David did at that one point. Hey, encourage himself in the Lord. You know, nobody else would encourage. I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. You figure out, you find a way in, in, in God to say, I, I'm going to overcome this. If it's through stuff with your kids, you find a way to be encouraged. Find a way to overcome that. If it's, if it's your own mind, if it's circumstantial or whatever, you get a victory. You wage a good warfare. And whatever, was, whatever the enemy was trying to hinder, stop you from doing, I think you just do it harder. You go harder. It's like, okay, so you, you threw that at me to make me not. So I'm going to go with the sniffles. And I'm going to be a little more reckless, too. I'm going to go a little harder than I was going to go because I feel attacked now. And I, I, for me, that's how I feel. I feel like when I feel like I'm being attacked, I, I feel like there's a direct attack on me here. Then I want to just go harder. That way that Satan never, he'll never walk away saying that was effective. That worked. Um, because once he finds a way that works, man, every time I do that, they stop. Then you can guarantee that whatever that is going to be happening all the time. I told my wife a long time ago, when we were just going to church. We weren't even in ministry yet, but I knew we were supposed to be in ministry. I'm like, we're just going to go to church no matter what. We're going to go. Sundays, Wednesdays, we'll be there. Um, and if we're sick, we'll go sit in the back. 
but we're going to go. I mean, how sick can you be? You can't sit down and listen to the Bible. Uh, I ain't never been. I mean, unless I'm up in the hospital, am I really that sick? And it's like, well, you can get other people sick. Sit in the back. Don't shake hands. I, I'm, but you're just going to go because I know we got kids and we got all these things. We'll be sick every week. Every week I wait. How many times have I woke up, felt bad, got going, felt better? I, how many times that happened? I, I wake up. I feel miserable. I should just lay down. No, keep, keep going. And about an hour later, a cup of coffee, a little food. I feel great. I'm laughing, playing. I feel I'm healed. I stayed in bed. I still be feeling like that. You know, you have to decide that, you know, if, if I can't let Satan figure out this, all I got to do to stop you. So when he tells Timothy, Timothy, for the rest of your life, you put your hand to the work of God for the rest of your life. Satan is going to come and get there. There's going to be a war. You are engaged in a battle. It's never going to die until we go to heaven. So ways of good warfare, get good at war. And I would say that to everybody here that's a Christian. Get good at war, get good at battling, get good at, you know, and some of us in the world, we were good at war. We knew how to battle. We knew we didn't fall back. We know you're not punking me. Some of us in the world, we did all these things. We come to Christ and, and God's like, hey, I need some soldiers, too. I need some people that won't bow down, that won't fall back, that won't quit, that won't shut up, that won't be quiet, that won't be easily discouraged. I need some soldiers, men and women. I need some people that they're just going to go forward for me, some soldiers. And it's not a manly thing. Soldiers is a spiritual thing. There are some women that are way rougher soldiers than some brothers. Um, you know, they'll wage the war of prayer. They'll, they'll engage in the battle of the word. They'll go after people in, in mercy and whatnot. So it's not a macho thing. It's not a male or a female thing. Paul says, Timothy, wage a good warfare. It's a spiritual thing because it's a spiritual battle. The weapons of our warfare, the Bible says, are not carnal, but they are mighty in God to the pulling down of strongholds. And so it's not a might thing. It's not a it's, it's a spiritual thing. It's a, it's a seeking God, being in the word. Being in prayer is a spiritual thing. And every battle that comes, you can be victorious. You can have his victory in every battle. Amen. And so now verse 19 and 20, we'll wrap it up. It says, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith have suffered shipwreck. As Paul tells Timothy, hey, you need to wage a good warfare. He also tells him you need to have a good conscience. You're going to serve God. You want to have clean hands and a pure heart. You can't be out. You're going to serve God. The one thing what you don't want to do, you guys, is well, I want to serve God, but I got my hands full of carnality, too. Um, that's not real helpful to the cause of Christ. When when his servants and his ministers and his spokesmen and spokeswomen are living otherwise, other than how they're speaking, Paul says, Timothy, you need to make sure you have a good conscience. How do you have a good conscience? Just do right. Right. Um, I was telling this to my son the other the other day, you know, I was driving, um, you know, we just found out that um, I hadn't paid my tags. I got a tag ticket. I didn't know. And so, I mean, when I was driving around not knowing because um, they had came in the mail and someone had retrieved the mail and didn't tell me that it came in the mail. I was driving. I see the cop behind me. I wasn't even thinking about it. Like, what? <laughs> How you doing? Officer? I'm, you know, no problem. Conscious clean. Now, as soon as I was aware, I got that ticket. I was parked and I came out and I got a ticket. I said, man, my tags are bad. And every time I see him, it's, mm, <laughs> you know, why am I feeling that way? Because I know I'm dirty right now. I'm riding dirty. I got to get my I got him paid. I got to go get a smog and everything else. But now I'm aware that there's something not right. Bad conscience. When it comes to your walk with the Lord, God says you need to have a good conscience. You won't be looking over your shoulder, spiritually speaking. You want to be living in such a way there ain't nothing back there to worry about. That you're living pure, you're living clean, you got a good conscience. 
Um, so it says uh, some having faith and a good conscience. So continuing to walk in faith and trust in the Lord. That's very important. That was a lesson for me this week that if I don't mix my knowledge of God's word with faith, it's irrelevant. I can know God said this. God said that God promised this. God said he would do this. But if I don't mix it with faith, then it's like it never was said. You'll worry just like he didn't say it. You'll be discouraged just like he didn't say it. It'll be just like he never said it because it's not mixed with faith. And so our knowledge of the word from the Bible and even maybe words that God has personally spoken need to be mixed with faith, faith in his word. And so having faith and a good conscience. And it says with some having rejected, have um, have some having rejected concerning their faith, have suffered shipwreck. Some people without a good conscience, without walking by faith, have suffered shipwreck. Last verse. He named a couple of these guys of whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, I think it's terrible that these guys names for all eternity. These guys names go down in the scriptures as some guys that messed up. And Paul says, I delivered them over to Satan. What does that mean? Um, this is what it is. There is a point at which you can't help a human being. There's a point at which God would say it'd be better to just turn them over. You know what? I'm going to just turn you over. Go, go do what you're doing and let the Lord bring them back. Let the Lord break them, humble them, convict them or whatever. Paul said, these guys, I've, turned, I've delivered them over to Satan. Now, in another place in First Corinthians, there was a, a person turned over to Satan. It's, it was said that it was for the destruction of their flesh that their soul might be saved. So it's not like I just deliver you over to Satan and hope you go to hell. It's saying I'm delivering you over to Satan so that since you're not receiving this, go ahead and do what you're doing and you're going to be broken in your flesh. And then hopefully you get broken enough to come back, get saved and your soul can be saved. You understand that? That's a hard thing for some Christians like, well, that's so mean. That's unloving. There are you guys realize there are people that we can't help. I'm going to explain who they are real quick. Someone that knows who Jesus is knows what Jesus has done, is aware of all of these things from the word and says in light of all that, I understand all that, but still I'm going to go do my own thing. You can't help them. I'm going to pray for them. What do you pray? Do, you, do I pray that God take away your free will? I can't pray that. God's given you free will. Do I pray that God make you aware of his truth? You've been made aware of the truth. You rejected the truth that you're aware of. What I pray for you is that God would break you. It all it takes is broke one. It could be one scenario of brokenness that caused somebody to look up with new eyes. Someone that was just obstinate, a little bit of brokenness. And it's like, OK, uncle, I'm, I'm broken. You got me. And so that's hard to hear. And there are people that don't want to observe that. But that's how God works. Paul says, I'll turn these guys over to Satan, deliver them over to Satan that they may not blaspheme. Now, there's a couple other mentions of these two names. And we don't know if it's the same person. I think it might be if you, just for your notes sake. Write down 2 Timothy 2.17. I'll read it to you real quick. 2 Timothy 2.17, it says, And their message will spread like cancer. Hymenius and Philetus are of this sort who have strayed concerning the truth, saying that the resurrection is past already, and they overthrow the faith of some. So again, we have this name Hymenius linked with those that are overthrowing people's faith with bad doctrine. And then in 2 Timothy 4.14, it says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm, May the Lord repay him according to his works. And so it means maybe the same two guys. I'll just say this. If you're going to be noted for eternity, that's not how you want to be noted. As somebody who was against God, against the work and against the people of God. These guys go down in all history as 
you know, Alexander and uh, Hymenius. I've never heard of an Hymenius. I've heard of some Alexanders, but they go down. They got a bad name for eternity for what they did. And so, but Paul here says, I turned them over for the to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme, not to do these things. I want to close with this exhortation to all of us. Um, as we look at the, the church and its message here, that we want to obviously want to have received the message. We want to be faithful to communicate the message to other people. We want to be cautious about those that would alter the message to where it's no longer true, that we're not receiving that or promoting it to other people. But something I've struggled with over the years is, and I, I, as I look at Paul, there are people that are very popular for maligning or messing up the message. And I find that in Paul's letters, he notes them. He even tells Timothy at one point, he said, no, note them that do this. Let people know who they are, that the other people wouldn't get caught up listening to them. And for me over the years, I'm like, well, is it right to name other ministers that are false prophets, false teachers? Um, people have a hard time with that. People don't really like that. I look at Paul, I'm like, well, Hymenius and Alexander, they didn't really get a fair, they didn't really get a say in the matter. You know, their name, they're out there. Um, so I would just say this, as much as you guys here, anybody here ever been to a terrible restaurant? Bad, food was bad, rats, roaches, something like that. I mean, hopefully, you know, you would you let a brother know. And I say, hey, me and my wife, go, we think about going over. No, don't, don't go, <laughs> you might die, you know? Um, and if you've been somewhere really good, you guys might say, man, you need to check that out. That was so good over there. Um, spiritually speaking, there may be places where we would say, hey, you know what? I, I ate over there. I sat under that. That was so good. Man, get a tape. Go, go online. I mean, it was, it was a blessing. And there also may be things where you say, you know what? Maybe I know you, maybe in your innocence, you don't, you're not aware, but that guy's a false teacher. It's okay. It's okay to do that. It's okay to let people know. As we wrap this up, though, I would just encourage us in two areas. One, in the area of spiritual warfare, if you're experiencing it, have it. If you're not experiencing it, enjoy. <laughs> be coming again. When you do, that, like Paul told Timothy, that we would be people that wage the good warfare. Um, always, if you're going through a battle, going through a, a, a season of war, please share it with your sisters, with your brothers. People that you know will pray with you, pray for you. Um, prayer is one of the weapons in warfare. And so you want to pray. You want to enlist others around you to pray. What I found as I enlist my brothers and people around me to pray that there are times where the truth I know will roll off another set of lips and encourage me all over again. So I know it, but just sometimes I need to hear it from somebody else. And so take advantage of the body. The body is here. We help each other in the midst of warfare. And then second, as Paul is really clarifying the message, because Timothy's call is going to be to proclaim it. Every single one of us is called to proclaim the message of the gospel. And so I do want to encourage us as believers that we would be faithful to proclaim the message to friends, to family, to loved ones, to those that will listen. Um, we're, one thing that we're praying for here is that God would draw non-believers, that uh, we could be a place where on a regular basis we, we're sharing the gospel with non-believers, people that don't know God can come into a place of knowing him. And so it's a collective effort. You know, we want to be communicating it. We want to be bringing people to hear it. Um, but we, we want to we want to value this message. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians that God has put the message of the gospel, this treasure in earthen vessels. It's in us for us to go out and share it with them. And so um, maybe you're timid about sharing. Maybe you haven't been real, you know, fruitful in it. Um, I just I put this challenge out many times and I will continue to put it out. It is it is our responsibility as believers to tell people what God has done for us. Amen. And so this week, 
Uh, I would challenge you once again, as you guys go out this week, you don't really have to go very far before you find somebody that needs what you know. And so be faithful to go out there and tell somebody. And um, I mean, and if you know, you don't have to stop at somebody. You can tell somebody's uh, who Jesus is and what he's done for you. First Timothy 4, verse 7 through 10 says this, Training yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is a value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. We all know exercise is good for the body, but have you considered lately how your soul needs exercise too? We have a long race ahead of us before we get to go home to the Father, and we need to be in shape for the journey. You've made a great first step by being here with us on a transforming word. Hearing the word of God transforms our lives. What's your next training step? Is it to spend some time in prayer or perhaps to go out and find a place to serve? Or maybe it is to take the step of giving. Whatever it is, embrace your soul training today. A Transforming Word is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. In this series, Pastor Bill Buffington has been making his way through the book of 1 Timothy, where we find many golden nuggets of wisdom for the journey. If your next step in training is to give, hop on over to calvaryinglewood.org to give online. Or you can download our app and give from there. Once again, that website is calvaryinglewood.org. Thank you for being a part of this ministry. We'll see you here next time as we journey together here on A Transforming Word.